I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchilli for Wahoo's 24-7. And today we're joined by college basketball writer for 24-7 Sports, Isaac, Isaac Trotter. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I feel like we this is kind of like an emergency pod for Virginia fans after what happened on Monday night in Blacksburg. Isaac, we were planning to do this podcast, and we waited for it after the game, but I don't think anyone would have expected what happened in Blacksburg where Virginia Tech had the biggest lopsided win over UVA since 1961. No, it was stunning. You know, uh, 23 minutes without a jumper is pretty crazy to me as well, right? Like, you just don't see stuff like that happen uh, throughout college basketball very often. Uh, And I genuinely think it's one of those games where if you hated Virginia and you thought that this whole month-long streak where they're playing really good basketball was a fake, you go, hey, well, there's my game. We finally had it. This, This proves me that I was right. And then if you like Virginia, you go, well, that game doesn't matter, right? Like this won't ever happen again. You're not going to have 23 minutes without a jumper. You're not going to have a nine minute scoring drought. Like that won't happen. It's clearly a one-off. And so all of these different agendas, it's going to be fun to see like which side of the table people decide to pick. Cause you could really, you know, continue to pick and choose whichever one you want at, at this point. Yeah. Virginia's had obviously in the beginning of the season, on the road was difficult for Virginia. They had a couple of double-digit losses. It felt like that win against Wake Forest was kind of like the wake-up call, if you will, for Virginia. And then they went on that nice run. They got the nice quad one win over Clemson in that tight game on the road. So this was definitely unexpected because things were trending better. When you look at all the brackets, they seen that Virginia was firmly in the NCAA tournament. Um, How much is this on a national scale? How much does this change Virginia's trajectory or is it really in their hands still yeah I think it's still in their hands I still think this team is an NCAA tournament team but I think it definitely changes the narrative around this group 
you know, I think it's hard to trust them right now when you see different games like this where they can get blown out of the building. It's happened multiple times so far this year where against solid teams like Virginia it isn't up to snuff and isn't able to compete. And so, like, if you if you look at them in that 8-9 matchup or if they're like that 9 seed, I don't think anybody's going to be like, hey, let's put Virginia in the Sweet 16 because that team can definitely beat a 1 seed. They can go toe-to-toe with UConn. They can go toe-to-toe with, you know, a Purdue, stuff like that. Like, I don't think nationally people are going to think that when you watch it. But I also think that the eye test has to matter as well. Like, what this group can do defensively, this team can cause you a lot of problems. And they they weren't great last night defensively. Virginia Tech made a lot of really, really, I thought they moved the ball really well. I thought their decision-making was on point. You know, I thought Virginia was still kind of struggling a little bit on like, hey, are we post-trapping? Are we not post-trapping? Like, we try a little bit of this, we try a little bit of that. No, nothing's working. And it just kind of spiraled from there. But I still think this group has a chance to really come together and be a different team. But I think from a national perspective, people are like, well, that's the game I saw. Like I know now, I now know that like Virginia is not going to be able to, to really reel off a run. I still think this team is a tournament team. I still think in a winner go home thing, you'd probably bank on having Tony Bennett on your side as an asset and you find a way to grind it out and get something done. But it's definitely scary when you, when you look at this team and go, how, like you have to make shots in this age of college basketball. You just have to. And I think you can look at the shot profile. You can look at some of the things that Virginia tries to do offensively, and that can scare you a little bit, right? Like all the pin downs for 18-foot jumpers, like could we maybe move that back two steps and shoot threes a little bit more? Like that, those are the things that you kind of look at where potential stumbling blocks for this group to really, you know, go on a run in March. Yeah, I feel like some of the guys were passing up some looks and going for the extra pass against Virginia Tech rather than taking that three ball. But you talked about defense. This has been an uncharacteristic year for Virginia when it comes to defense. You know, we talked about their stout defense, but there was two games in a row they were allowing opponents over 70 points. It wasn't until like that Wake Forest game recently that they were able to kind of clamp down a little bit in their defense. Um, And, you know, one of the biggest drivers of the defensive play has been Ryan Dunn. He's been having a great time defensively. But those jumpers haven't been agreeing with them a little bit with Ryan. But defensively, he's been doing great. And I think that, I think, is the key for Virginia is Ryan Dunn getting those jumpers and being an asset offensively because we know what type of assets he has considering his steals and block stats currently. No question. I completely agree with you. You know, I thought, like, his game against Wake Forest was phenomenal. Like, maybe one of the best games I've seen from a single player this year, just, like, defensively. I thought he was awesome, you know, guarding all of these different guys. And I just keep waiting for him to get that switch offensively where he starts to like be a little bit more assertive. And we saw it last night against Virginia tech. Like there are multiple switches where I think MJ Collins got the matchup on him and, and Ryan Dunn is four inches taller than him. He has the ball in the paint and he's hesitant to really go up and score. Like he's hesitant to really go up and, and be aggressive and use his size, use his frame. And, and part of me wonders if it's because of the free throws, he's scared to get fouled. I think at times too, no, that's natural. That's not like that's not like just a Ryan Dunn thing. That happens for lots of players in college basketball. But it's just really one of those situations where he has to work through that and he has to understand that, like, hey, when I'm aggressive, that changes our group. When I put pressure on the rim, that changes our group. Like, I can't, you know, I can't let Virginia Tech get away with putting a small guard on me. I'm big, I'm strong, I'm physical, I'm one of the best athletic wings in the country. I'm I'm bigger than this dude. Like I got to go put him in the weight room and, and go to the rim and finish with confidence. And if I go to the free throw line, I'm going to step up and I'm not going to I'm not going to miss him. And like that's that's like that evolution with with Ryan Dunn that I'm just kind of waiting for because defensively, like you said, like 
I mean, he was phenomenal and he was, he's been phenomenal for long stretches this year. And you're just kind of waiting for that switch to flip for him on the other end. Yeah, it seems like Ryan Dunn and Reese Beekman have been the two most, I guess, consistent players in their regard for Virginia. I feel like if those two are in, Virginia is in good hands. I mean, Beekman, his stats, he's averaging, what, uh, 14.2 points a game, six assists, 2.3 steals per game. I mean, he's he's had a really nice stretch here for Virginia as well. How would you evaluate? Because all our eyes when we talked about this season was on both Ryan Dunn and Reese Beekman because those are the guys who were talking about NBA drafts and NBA potential. I feel like, again, those two are what we still consider when we look at Virginia. No question. Yeah, I, I thought that Reese has been – you know, I, I'm thinking about my ACC, all first team, all ACC ballot. And it's tough because there's some really, really good players, really good guards. Like, how do you separate Hunter Salas and Reese Beekman? But I, I thought that Reese has been, you know, as good pound for pound as any guard in college basketball. And I think that coming into the year, I was a little bit hesitant on like fully buying in on like, hey, he's going to be able to tap that alpha score button. But he's been able to do that for long stretches, like his ability to get into the paint uh, create separation, get to the rim. I think his angles this year have been better. You know, we obviously know what he can do defensively, but he has played up to par. I think when you're when you're looking at maybe why Virginia hasn't necessarily become like that next tier, reach that next tier of elite, it's like because some of the transfers necessarily didn't necessarily pop. It took a while for Jordan Minor to get into this rotation. Andrew Rohde was a guy that I really liked on film. I thought his film was nice and I I know a lot of coaches really liked him and thought that that was a really you know a good place for him to go to Virginia and it just hasn't worked and so I think those are some of the the reasons that haven't necessarily reached that Virginia's reached that like hey we're definitely a top two team in the ACC hey we're definitely a top 20 team nationally hey we definitely can go on a run it's because maybe some of the pieces that Tony Bennett and this crew were counting on haven't necessarily coalesced right away. It's not been Reese Beekman's fault, though. I think he's been tremendous, and I think he's a first-team All-ACC guy pretty much a lot. Like, I'm, I wouldn't I, – I'm finding a way to, to keep him on. I'm, I'll make someone else. I'll take someone else off. I'm not taking Reese Beekman off. Yeah, it's, it's a different college basketball world right now. You know, I remember seeing, you know, guys that transferred to Virginia um, during, you know, the 2015-2018 era – where they got to redshirt a year because you got to sit out a year and it benefited them because they're learning the pack line defense. And now you're kind of thrown in there like a guy like Jordan Meyer had to adjust. And he honestly, him coming in was a big driving force and why they won nine out of 10 games, him defensively and being in the post and having that physicality and being that, I guess, the dog that you want helped Virginia getting that winning streak. No question. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I remember when you talked in the preseason, we're like, all right, Jordan Miner probably going to get the start. That's what I thought. And you're like, I don't know about that. Like, you're like, they they might go with Jacob Groves, like Blake Buchanan's like getting some time. And then me, I, I just never assumed that Jordan Meyer being banished to like the shadow realm was on the realm of possibilities. And so like for the first little bit of the season that he was just not part of this rotation, I was, I was honestly stunned. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And so to see him come in to this groove and start playing at a better level and, and finally understand the scheme. And that I understand that, like you have to earn it in practice, understand the scheme, understand what you need to do. And for him to get into the rotation finally was like my, like come to Jesus moment. I was like, Oh, thank God. Like I, I, I maybe I do know a little bit about basketball because I liked him in the portal and I thought he was going to help out Virginia a little bit. And I think he genuinely has. And I think it's also the ripple effects from him starting to assert himself as like a dude that they can count on has is going to help Blake Buchanan in the long run. It helps make this rotation differently. And I'm not going to get like just so hung up on like the one Virginia tech loss because that doesn't 
you know, it doesn't like cover up what Virginia accomplished in the last month. Like this team was trending in the right direction. Yes, Virginia Tech is a speed bump, but it's also one game. As long as you don't make it two games or three games, and that long as it doesn't spiral, it can be just one game. And I think that the previous month and Jordan Minor, a huge part of it, can give you some hope a little bit if you're a Virginia fan, like, hey, this wasn't, I mean, we're still not, we're not a horrible basketball team. We are still a good team and we have this month long of evidence to prove it. So you're telling me this is not panic mode, Virginia fans. If you're like, if you're listening to this, please do not panic after just one game. Well, the thing is, is like, if, if we have one game where a blowout loss this year is going to like end your season, like blow up college basketball. Cause that's happening to everybody. Auburn is an awesome team and they go on the road and get absolutely hammered. Alabama is an awesome top 10 team. They go down the road to Tennessee and just get destroyed. You know, UConn goes on the road to Seton Hall and gets beat by 15. Creighton on the road just gets hammered by UConn. Looks like completely out of place. Marquette is top five in the country. They go to UConn just obliterated by 30. They look like they're a JV team. Like if we're going to eliminate every single team that gets blown out on the road this year, then everybody is sucks this year because that's kind of happening to pretty much every team. I think I think the stat I looked up was only three of the top 50 teams on Ken Palm have not lost a game by double figures this year, and a lot of them are coming on the road. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's definitely a different world in college basketball. The portal allows a little bit more guys moving around, which means a lot of these teams are, you know, a little tighter competitively because of that. And uh, kind of before you let you go, we're going to talk about the end of the tournament. And it's the way Virginia ends the season. This is a tough schedule for Virginia to end the season. They have number 10, North Carolina at home, but then they travel to Boston College, and then they tra- travel to eighth rank of Duke, and then they have Georgia Tech, and who knows about Georgia Tech? at home at Virginia. So this is a tough final four games for Virginia. When you're looking at the NCAA scenarios, how the question that I get from Virginia fans, how many wins does Virginia need to stay in that tournament? I think, you know, I think for me, it really comes down to this North Carolina and Duke game. Like both of those, if you find a way to split that, I think you're in. Cause that's like, both of those would be like elite quad one wins. You know, there's quad one wins and there's like these high, high quad wins. I'm not a bracketologist. They that's I'll leave that to other people. Right. But they call it like this, like next tier of a quad one win, those high quad one wins. Both of those would count. So I think if Virginia gets one of those wins, that pretty much puts you in the tournament as long as you don't lose at home to Georgia Tech. And as long as I mean, you could probably even lose to Boston College if you had one of the wins against North Carolina or Duke, you're probably fine. So if you go two and two down the stretch, with one of those wins against North Carolina and then you don't you know, fall on your face in the ACC tournament, maybe you win one or two games there. I, I think they're definitely in. And then if you go three and one, we're talking you're certainly in before ACC tournament. And then we're just kind of figuring out your seed line there a little bit. And I, I don't know if I would love, if I'm Hubert Davis, if I would love that Virginia just got beat like this. Because I have a feeling that they're going to come back home on Saturday and they're going to play probably their best game of the season. And North Carolina is going to catch Virginia at a really, really bad time. And if you get that win at home, quad one opportunities at home are just vital. A big elite quad one win like that is, is enormous. If you get that win at home, I think Virginia's dancing. And then we're just talking about seed, whether that's an eight seed, whether that's a nine seed, whether that's a 10 seed. You know, I think if, if we've known anything about college basketball this year, I I think I would probably want to be on that seven to 10 line. You know, I think the gap between the two seeds and the eight seeds is a lot different. Um, and there's that, you know, there's number three team in the country to the number 30 team in the country is pretty close so far, I think, this year. So if you can get on that bottom of the bracket, that makes more sense to me. Uh, so if you can find a way to to beat North Carolina, maybe you find a way to to take care of your business against Boston College and Georgia Tech, and you go three and one down the stretch. Maybe we could potentially talk about Virginia as a seven seed if they get a little hot in the ACC tournament. The one thing that I think Virginia is battling too is this perception of ACC basketball. I feel like that's what they had to do last year too. There's people who are saying they're going to have only three teams in the tournament. Some people are saying four teams in the tournament. How hard is battling that perception for UVA? I mean, it's a real thing. And I think it's completely unfair. Like I, I, I think this whole, like, Oh, the ACC stinks and here's all my stats. Why? Like, and this is why the ACC is not going to do well in the NCAA tournament is like, so like misguided to me. Like we have to watch basketball and watch these games. And you cannot tell me that like when you watch North Carolina, you watch Duke, you watch Clemson, you watch Wake Forest. Those all four of those teams are tournament teams. Virginia's a tournament team, right? Like that makes sense. I don't think we should judge these teams at the top of the bracket and like how well they're going to do in March 
based off the fact that Louisville is a dumpster fire and Georgia Tech is in year one of a rebuild and Notre Dame is in year one of a rebuild under both of those coaches are really good uh, or judge those guys because Miami stinks this year and, and hasn't lived up to the hype or Boston College hasn't really fully hit their groove and Syracuse year one of a retool and hasn't really hit their groove or Florida State is a little bit iffy like the bottom of the league should not impact how we view the top of the league you know what they can do in March because Clemson has an all-league guy in PJ Hall has great guards can really shoot it that team can advance Wake Forest if they get in the tournament no one is going to want to play them they're a really talented team with shooting and playmaking and size and depth and that's a really good team. North Carolina and Duke, that speaks for itself. No one's signing up to play Virginia in March. They're not. Like, I understand the history, but, like, that sounds awful to try to go up against that Virginia defense on a short turnaround if you had to play them, you know, 36 hours after playing your first-round game. Like, that that's, doesn't sound that fun to, to line up for that. So I think we have to, like, I, I, some of college basketball analysts just drive me nuts because it's like we talk about the ACC as this big bunched-up unit, and it – that it, it, we're, we're ignoring like what these teams actually look like the matchups on the floor like no one cares when you run you know you're lining up for that 40 minute game on that first Thursday of the NCAA tournament what the rest of the ACC did, did it's all about like the here and now and what this team can do and the teams at the top of the ACC are really talented and really good and they're really going to have a chance to make runs and no one's going to be surprised if three or four of them are in the sweet 16 like I genuinely wouldn't not one bit See, guys, there are national writers out there who love Virginia basketball on the ACC. So that's Isaac Trotter. <laughs> he loves UVA and ACC. So there is guys out there. Isaac, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks again for Isaac for joining us on the show. It's always nice to have him here to talk about college hoops. And we'll make sure to bring him back on the show before tournament time, especially because we know he is an ACC hater. Um, but yeah, definitely the ACC Perception needs to change around the nation. I feel like uh, they are unfairly judged among other conferences. That was what happened last year as well. And then suddenly there was ACC teams going deep in the tournament. So again, the ACC perception uh, needs some needs some marketing help. Um, and we've talked about how we still feel like the ACC needs a little bit better on the marketing perception side, even in football, I think, too. So, And we saw that with what happened in the college football playoffs. Again, the ACC. That, that's something I can go on a tangent for about 20, 30 minutes about what they need to do to really change this perception nationally in, in basketball and football, to be fair. Now, before uh, we kind of go back in the beginning of the season, we announced um, through our, our friends over there at Roback that Reese Beekman was the Roback, part of the Roback U program. And then there was a discount link that you are able to use so you can get a discount to some of the apparel available there. So we're just going to mention again since we're heading towards tournament time so if you want to check out what Roback has and take advantage of that discount link the link is available down there on the youtube kind of like the caption box but you also can find it on wahoo's 24 7 see i'm i'm gonna show off i'm wearing one of the Roback gear right now so you can take a look at the women and men's apparel at Roback. again just get over to the link from that you have on that comment box so you can help Kind of the some of the notes, some of the monetary funds will go to Respeakman through those links, but it's also that discount code as well. So that's available there. Um, so yeah, so I thank you all of you for joining us. So before you go, why don't you go and like this video, like this channel, click on the bell so you're notified whenever videos are posted. And also we're gonna take this week, and obviously we'll cover basketball. We're also looking ahead to spring football. Um, we are going to be break down each position as we head over to spring football. It's going to start on March 19th. So we'll be at those 
um, practices as well. It's the time of the year where we're juggling between spring football, ACC tournament, and March Madness. But we are planning to cover as much as we can. Uh, Michael and I, uh, Michael, my amazing UVA student intern, has been helping us out a ton as we kind of mingle everything together and cover recruiting as well as spring football and all that stuff. So Michael and I will have you covered as much as possible through every sport. Um, and then next week we're going to go back and we're going to talk about recruiting for Virginia football because there's going to be a couple guys that are setting up visits for spring. There's going to be another junior day in the spring. Like last year they had a junior day also during spring practice. They've had a couple of junior days in the winter. They're going to have a few in the spring. So we're going to be kind of looking forward to that as well. So next week we're going to go on Virginia football recruiting. Um, so look forward to that. And we're also going to break down each of the positions in 2025. Looking forward to on Wahoos 24-7. So again, if you are interested in following Virginia football recruiting and also keep tabs of Virginia basketball, and we're also having our Virginia basketball recruiting analysts helping, helping us with UVA basketball hoops information, you can like, comment, subscribe to YouTube, and also follow our work at Wahoos247.com. So for Isaac Trotter, I'm Jack French Julian. Hope you guys have a great rest to your week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.